God's word is his weapon for revival and transformation of lives for his glory. Prepare your heart as you receive the word of God coming to you from Calvary Way Revival Labors. For inquiries and counsel, you can send an email to calvaryrevivallabors at gmail.com or call 08065607999. God bless you as you listen and obey. Praise the Lord. Turn your Bibles to the book of First, no, Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2. Are you there now? I would like to read just two verses. The first verse and the second verse. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. The topic of the message says the commissioning of the faithful men. Can we all say it? In one minute, I would like you to close your eyes and say to the Lord, speak to me as a person from this topic. The commissioning of the faithful men. Let my life receive your touch, your word. Let my life experience your transformation from this topic today. Shaka. Makula raba siri makula raba sanda. Thank you, Father. Ancient of days, we pray that you will look upon us with mercy and release yourself to us by speaking your word of life that will transform our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Paul was writing to Timothy, said, my son. Why is he calling Timothy my son? Timothy is not his biological son. Timothy is a son he begot by the gospel. 
if you read first Corinthians chapter four, verse fifteen, sixteen, he said, Even though you have up to ten thousand instructors in Christ, you don't have many fathers. He said, For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. That is why I am your father. Say, therefore, imitate me. I am your father because I begot you by the gospel. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, he was writing to the Galatians, he said, My little children, my little children. Why is he calling them my little children? Because he is the one that begot them by the gospel. They are his children. Like one of the testifiers testified that she didn't realize the implication that she has been a believer for years and yet she is barren. You know what women that are physically barren normally do? They don't have rest. They are disturbed. And sometimes the disturbance will begin to come from outside. The mother-in-law, the sisters, the everybody will be concerned. And you see the person trying to do something about that. But when it comes to spiritual barrenness, you will notice that somebody will be a believer for years. Five years, ten years, you cannot say, this is my son. This is a soul that through my hand, through my preaching, God brought from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. And that soul is standing. Sometimes you will say, eh, I want a soul. But the soul is nowhere to be found. Sometimes you say, I am preaching. Preaching is different thing from winning a soul to the Lord. And so Paul began to speak in a letter to Timothy and said, you are my son. And the first thing he admonished him was to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What is this grace talking about? Titus chapter 2 verse 11 said that the grace of God has appeared unto all men. Let's read it. Titus chapter 2 verse 11. The grace of God has appeared unto all men. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Are you there? He said, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. How many men did he appear to? All men. The grace of God that brings salvation. You remember what salvation is? What is salvation? 
When a man is not just forgiven from sin, he is saved. He has the power to live above sin. Many, many people, they commit sin. They come to God and say, I'm sorry, son, go for confession. After confessing, they will return back to the same sin. Day after day, week out after week, there is no salvation. The grace of God that bringeth salvation is here. It has appeared to all men. And what is that grace doing? What is it doing? Teaching us that we can deny ungodliness. We can say no. Who is holding NIV or good news? A simpler version to read that particular verse for us. Verse 12. Yes. This grace teaches us to say no to what? To ungodliness. Uh -huh. And worldliness. Worldly passion. And to live self-controlled, upright, and holy life. We are in heaven. We are in this present world. The grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Everybody is not a sinner. Are you hearing me? Stop deceiving yourself that everybody is a sinner. Some say nobody is perfect. Have you heard that before? It's a common saying among men, even among believers. Have you forgotten in Matthew 5, 48 that Jesus spoke to the disciples and said, you must be perfect because your heavenly father is perfect. So why do you join unbelievers to be saying that nobody is perfect? And once you say that, you will stop every pursuit for perfection. Be ye holy, for I, the Lord your God, I am what? In this present world, to live a holy life, godly life, a righteous life. Everybody is not a sinner. All of us are born as sinners. That's okay. But at a point in your life, you must encounter the Savior. Brothers and sisters, it's not a joke that God sent, released his only begotten son. And men maltreated him as if he's a criminal. Pilate said to them, I found no fault in this man. They said, Pilate, we are not looking for fault. Kill him. And he was hanging on the cross and bled until no blood remained. You think it's a joke. After that, you come back and say, we are sinners. When you do your leg like this, you have sinned. When you do it like this, you have sinned. Stop deceiving yourself. The Savior has come. The grace has appeared. That grace has a 
power to enable you to say no to corruption. When other people are falsifying their age to get a job, you will say no. I can't do it. When others are giving bribe to get admission, you know that this is bribe. What is bribe? Whatever you give before the, 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 the thing. If somebody says, I want to give you admission, but you have to pay for 100,000 naira. Eh? It is bribe. Let him get admission. And then, appreciation is that you will give the person what comes from your heart after the job is done. Once there is a price, whether you give it before or after, it's still bribe. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let's stop deceiving ourselves because sometimes something will be telling you, uh, I don't know whether it is bribe or you know it. Even your heart is telling you. You are a mother, you are a father, you know that your daughter, your son, is registering Waiyek or Neko in a special center where they are doing exam or practice. And you say you are a Christian and you will support it. There is a question mark on your Christianity. Hebrew 1 verse 9, the Bible says, Jesus loved righteousness and hated iniquity. There is a grace in Christ Jesus and you have to be strong in it. Stop missing and messing around with unrighteousness. Be strong in that grace. In this present world, we are to live a holy life. In this current Nigeria, we are to live a righteous life. Not in heaven. That's the Bible. The grace is here. It's working. Let's continue. Verse what now? Verse 13. What did he say? Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our what? Our Savior. We have a Savior. That's why he came. He didn't just come to give people bread and fish. Or to do miracle, healing, and uh, breakthrough. No. He came to save men from sin. Listen to me carefully. If nobody has told you that every liar will go to hell, hear it here today. If you are still telling lies, the Bible has not changed. Revelation 21 verse 8 made it so clear. All liars. Daily liars. Hourly liars. Weekly liars. Handset liars, all liars, their place is in hell fire. For those of you that are calling lie in small sin, the day of the Lord shall declare it. One thing about the way God created man is that anytime you are doing what is wrong or you are about to do what is wrong, you will have a policeman called conscience inside. He will start warning you. He will start warning you. One of, one of our brothers said, his uh, brother said, uh, he doesn't like this business he's doing again, that he wants to enter into Yahoo Yahoo so that we hammer, hammer fast. Blood money. That will cut off your head while you are still alive. 
as if God cannot make you rich through righteousness. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. If you are coming for the first time, don't be embarrassed. What we do here is to tell people the truth. So that if they want to make heaven, they will be able to make heaven. We don't pamper people here. And those of you that are unserious, may God help you to be serious. Let me not talk too much on that side. Now go back to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. We just shaked verse 1. Verse 2 said, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men. What did I say is our topic today? The commissioning of the faithful men. The commissioning of the faithful men. Who are these faithful men? Faithful men. Don't commit these things to all men because not all men are faithful. Proverbs 20 verse 6. Everybody go to Proverbs 20 verse 6. Are you in Proverbs 26? What did he say? Most men will proclaim everyone his own what? His goodness. But what? A faithful man who can find. Who is reading from maybe NIV or good news? Simpler version. How did he put it? Uh-huh. Okay. A faithful man who can find. That is to say, it is hard to find one who is what? Faithful. What is faithfulness? Faithfulness is being trustworthy. Someone who is reliable. Someone who, when he said, this is what I will do, he will do it. Can you borrow me your hair tie? I will return it tomorrow. Tomorrow he will what? That's a faithful man. He abides by his words. That's why we say that God is faithful. We say that God is faithful because when God make a promise and say this is it, he doesn't go back. doesn't give an excuse why he should not do what he has said. He's reliable. You can rely on him. You can beckon on him. You can relax. When you trust something into his hand, when you commit, that's why he's talking about faithful men. When you commit something to the hand of a faithful man, you can go and sleep. Because you know that that thing will be preserved. He will not give you excuse and say, eh, okay, okay, told the Okafo. And Okafo now came back and withdraw a bit and now told Okonkwo. All sort of stories. It doesn't happen with faith. Just hand over a matter to them and that is all. 
And let me say this. It takes some time before you can prove that someone is faithful. You cannot meet somebody today for the first time and you say, ah, this woman, the way she's dressed, she's faithful. Do you say that? No. No. We cannot commission an unfaithful man. Do you know what commission is? We are giving you the power of God to go based on the training you have received to carry out what God has called you to do. When you commission an unfaithful person, he will disappoint severally. That's why Paul said, before you even commit, because it's after commit, committing, uh, you now commission. Ensure that there is a way of selecting those that are what? Faithful. There are three categories. Okay, let me just talk about two. Two categories of people that followed Jesus. I want us to see that very quickly. Just follow me on a little research in the Bible. Everybody, just let's go together. First of all, check the book of Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. I want you to see something very quickly about these two groups of people that followed Jesus while he is here. Please, let's pay attention. Don't be distracted by anything. Focus. We are in a very serious time now. Now, are you in Matthew chapter 5? If you will go back a bit to the last verse of chapter 4, verse 25, what did he say? And there followed him great multitudes of people. From where? From Galilee. And from where again? Decapolis. From where again? Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond Jordan. Then verse 1 of chapter 5. And seeing the multitudes, what did he do? He went up into a mountain. And when he was set... What happened? His disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, How many of you are holding Bible? And the words of Jesus in your Bible is in red. Raise your hand. Now, can you shake from the time Jesus began to talk? Shake and tell me where the talk ended. Shake chapter 5, has he ended? Chapter 6, has he ended? Chapter 7, I think it ended. Eh? And then, when you now enter chapter 8, did you notice something in chapter 8, verse 1? Can we read chapter 8, verse 1? When he was come down from the mountain, what happened again? Great multitude followed him. Where we are there before when he climbed the mountain? They were at the foot of the mountain. When they saw him climbing, 
They said, what kind of uh, stress is that one? Who gets strength to climb that kind of high mountain? I beg, whatever that goes up must surely come down. I go wait for him here. He will ask his, uh, his, his neighbor, neighbor multitude, and say, you get strength to climb that kind of mountain? That's what they do. You hear them say, eh, you see that discipleship? I like what they are doing, you know. I just like, you know, sometimes when you go there, the word of God touches your heart like that. So what I have decided is that anytime I have chance, anytime I, ha- I have what? Anytime chance, say that for talent. Chance Because I'm, you know, holding the chance properly so that God will that for I will just go and see what they are doing there. I think they are trying. That is a multitude. They are not among the faithful men. They are not. One of these brothers, that is the one that is coming from Obe, some months back, I noticed that since he started... Where are you, bro? Gerard. Okay. When did you start uh, discipleship? Last year, October. Personally, I observed this young man. That since he started coming from Obey to discipleship here every Sunday, he has not missed a day. One day. Every Sunday. And not only that. Number two, he comes on time and help to set equipment and help to carry seats from all beds. Number three, when we close this, this same brother will not start going. He will start packing seats and carrying it up. How many of us have observed him? You have observed him? He will finish packing. The day we went for condolence visit about his father's death, I was all of us, we are shouting. The inside of the, where he will first of all trek, 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 and come out to the express before he will enter a bus that is moving from Obe uh, to Gariki. And then from Gariki to this junction, and then he will now trek in. The commissioning of the faithful men. Tell your neighbor, not all people are faithful. That's how people get their blessings from God. Some people from our local quarters will be, I don't know what they are doing. I don't know. Somebody from Obe will come before the time and go after the time. Stay steady. If he has missed any day, I don't know. But as far as I know, I am, I've been checking him from October last year. I don't want to talk about this one. From Ababa. Is he Ababa? Eba It was the consistency of his life that made his pastor to begin to follow him to discipleship. And his pastor is here.
The multitude, they were at the valley. They say, the law of gravity said that whatever that what goes up, we what? So, if you like, let him teach, teach uh, spirit and uh, whatever he's teaching there. Let him teach. Can you imagine the long teachings of Jesus? Chapter 5, everything he taught there. This multitude, they never had anything. And he doesn't touch them. He didn't touch them. That they are not in the class. When Jesus taught such a long, and they are just there discussing. Who knows what they are doing in the uh, valley? At a time, this person will say, now nah, let me buy gal and be eating small. Okay, let me just get chingum. And then, they say, they are staying too long, dear. I beg, may the man come down, let's go and collect my miracle because they are always looking for. That's another one of their characters. The multitude. They are always looking for what to get. What to gain. Eh? I, I, I need a healing. I need breakthrough. Pray for me that my business, the moment I enter my shop tomorrow morning, the customers will not allow me to rest. What to get? They are following him for their own selfish gain. They are not serious. That's, this is one. I want to show you another one. Move to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Are you in Luke 12? Look at verse 1. In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, in so much that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all. Are you noticing something there? Eh? The multitudes were gathered. And when he saw them, he said, please, I know why they are gathered. Let me first of all address the, the disciples. Always watch out for these two words. Multitude, disciple. Multitude, disciple. These are two kinds of Jesus followers. The multitude are following him at their own convenience. They are not serious about becoming anything. They don't want to become any. Discipleship is a training. Discipleship is not a church service. Discipleship is not a, a, a prayer house. It's not an adoration ministry. Discipleship is where people that want to become like Jesus and fulfill the purpose of God for their life, they come to be trained. Do you know what we do in discipleship? Let me tell you what we do in discipleship. This is our sister. She just started about three weeks ago and she was very excited the first day she came that she came and met me and said, ah, I love this place. Am I correct? Good. Just about three weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Now, do you see this sister? I don't know how. don't know her. But discipleship, if she becomes consistent in discipleship, 
I give her a minimum of one year, she will become somebody that will be praying for people, healing the sick, casting out demons, teaching the Bible. You know, what these people would have done today is that they would have delivered their first teaching or preaching. Let me call it the first sermon today. Because they have been taught on how to minister the word of God effectively. It's part of their training. But we have left it for the word feast. The day we are going to have word feast. We are going to start with them. Are you following me? The multitude and the disciples. Now move to Luke 14. You see it again. In Luke 14, look at verse 25. Are you there? Just next two chapters. Luke 14, 25. And there went great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, Yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. He is talking to the multitude. He said, you people are following me. But let me tell you, I am not yet counting you in the number of those that are my disciple. Except you meet the condition of discipleship. What is the condition? You will hate your father. You will hate your mother. You will hate your brothers. You will hate your sisters. You will hate your children. If you are a married man, you will hate your wife. And then, the last of it is what? You will also hate your own self, your life. How many of us say the truth? You like this kind of thing that Jesus said. You like it. I, I was in a church last two weeks to preach. And um, the topic they gave me, that was at Tensuka. Uh, St. Luke's uh, Anglican Church in Isiabon Soka. They gave me a topic. They said, empowered to manifest as, as a disciple. And I said, as a disciple. I said, okay, let's start. Who is a disciple? Let's go to Jesus' own definition of who a disciple is. You will first of okay, before we say hate your father, hate your father. You say, hey, hate my father. Let's start with hate yourself. It's last there, so let's reverse it. Hate your own what? Life. You cannot be a disciple of Jesus if you have not hated your life. That's what Jesus said. And I, I'm sure that many of you don't like Jesus for this statement. You like Jesus for answering your prayer. Giving you fruit of the womb. Eh? Prospering your business. Healing you of your leg pain. Do you like him for this kind of statement? Hate yourself before you can be his disciple. And one thing that most reasonable and analytical men will ask as a question is, who are you? And what will becoming your disciple do for me? That I will hate everybody that I'm supposed to love, including myself, in order to be your disciple. Am I correct? Yes, I, I'm, some of you that are hearing this thing for the first time, I'm seeing that question already in your heart. Eh? I'm hearing you saying, 
who is that Jesus self? That he's saying that I should hate my life, hate my mother, hate my brothers, hate my... In order to be his disciple. I will tell you who he is. He did for you what your mother cannot do for you. You sing it in a song, but you don't understand what you are singing. Eh? He did for you what your, your brothers, your sisters cannot do for you. I can't forget asking a sister in a discipleship class, do you, do, do, does your mother love you? She said yes. Does your mother love you to the point of dying for you? She said, I don't know that one. Meanwhile, my mother is here. Can you ask her? Then I went to the mother and said, Mommy, can you answer the question, please? And she said, There is one thing I know. One thing I know is that I love my daughter. The other one, if she does anything that will lead to her death, she will go and die for herself. I know go die for her. Jesus knew that too. He knew that the love he has shown you, nobody, including yourself. Some of us, you think you like yourself. Eh? That's why you have money to buy chicken and cook, cook good food. You are just, I don't know. I don't know what, where you kept the money and you are taking Gary without, without milk. And you believe you love yourself. He loves you more than you love yourself. Sometimes, some of us, Jesus has to intervene and say, my friend, go and use this money and buy food and, good food and eat. Am I saying the truth? He has done for us what nobody can do. And that's why he's demanding love. Let me tell you, I, I have been explaining that. The word hate is not a negative word. It's not what? Don't be confused. It's not a negative word. Once you show love for one person more than another, when you show love to yourself more than you show love to Jesus, everything you are doing for Jesus is hate. Do you understand that? Some of you don't understand yet. I used to explain it with an example. Some of us are already aware of that. Having two sons. Please, two of you are my sons. You are already my son before now. Come, let me use you as an example again. These are my sons. Can you see that my sons know how to dress properly? Hallelujah. Now, I'm taking them to their boarding house. And I came to this person's boarding house, took him inside, carried his baggage, you know, encouraged him, prayed for him. I came to this person's school, dropped him at the gate. And then I called him in the evening and I, I say, ah, my son, you know that I love you. What will he say? Eh? He will not accept anything I'm saying as love. He will say that I what? I hate him. Why is he saying that? He's saying that because he has noticed that there is a difference. The way I treat the other person is higher and better than the way I treat him, isn't it? Let me not hear you sing, I love, eh? I love you, Lord, yes. I love you, Lord. Eh -eh. 
You are not a disciple. You don't love him. You are following him at your convenience. You are following him. Look at your neighbor. Say neighbor. I'm seeing some, some, some moon that appeared today. Check them. Are you noticing some moon? Very powerful, shining moon. You can sit down. Jesus said you must be ready to take up your cross. The next verse said, verse 27, And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me, he cannot be what? He can be a preacher, but he cannot be my disciple. He can be a choir master in his church. His name can be in the register, number one. Number two, he can be a giver to support the work of God. How many of you want to give your tithe? What is on And then you are going. But you cannot be his what? Disciple. To be his disciple, you must be ready to suffer for his sake. You must be ready. That's where hating your life comes in. Where you need to inconvenience yourself. Are you following me at all? Inconvenience yourself. Let me use myself as an example. On Saturday, I was in Anambra. I went to Anambra on Friday. And all the disciples in Anambra State gathered for what we call Anambra Believers Revival Conference. And then that meeting started on Saturday morning. I preached three messages in that pro meeting. And each of those messages, none of them is less than one hour. Some of them is above one hour, 30 minutes. And then when I finished, I wanted to go and rest. Come and see the number of persons that besieged me. Besieged, B-E-S-I-E-G-E, besiege. That is, it's like, you can't go here. They were all over me for canceling. And I have to stay there. And I began to cancel them, pray for them, one after the other. Until around after nine in the night. By then, the other church, the church where I preached this morning, Church of Pentecost, Oka, they are already calling me to come and see the vicar. Because the vicar would like to see me that night against their sister service this morning. And I was like, please, I have not even eaten. After preaching, I started canceling. And then when I, I finished, and I, we, I drove to the vicar's house, we, you know, as the vicar was you know, discussing with me, he didn't know that the person here is, oh my God, only me know, know myself as of that time. But finally, he now released us to go to the hotel where they lodged us. And then I got there. How can I sleep well when I have two messages to preach this morning? First service and the second service. I have to pray in tongues for two hours, still in the night, and prepare myself for that message and for this message this evening. And when I finished the second service message, I said to the vicar, please. In fact, during the second service, I was battling with sleep because everything in me is saying sleep, sleep. I said, I love Jesus more than I love you. And I have to drive with the disciples that went with me. We have to drive. I have to drive from Oka. And if you are going from Oka to Enugu or Enugu to Oka, you know that the road is there. Uh, 
Uh-huh. We entered the road and we noticed that the whole road we are blocked. In fact, the people that are standing there, we don't know whether they started standing there yesterday, the way they were just standing. So I told my brethren, let us turn back. We turned back and entered Nibo, Omaolo, Obo, Amobala, Ufuma, then Inyi, Ache, Toji River. It was an extra one hour, 30 minutes journey on top. Before we came out of Oji River, and then we came here. The truth is that if I love myself, I will say, Joshua, come and handle this evening so that I will have rest. Are you getting what I'm talking about? See, you need to understand what discipleship is all about. Discipleship is to make you to become a miracle worker, a teacher of the Bible, a liberator. When there is a problem in your yard or somebody is sick because you have been trained like these people that are standing here, you will stand out and you will resist the devil. You will rebook the devil and there will be victory. There will be testimony. You had their testimonies. How their life we are transformed. When you come, you start with incubation school. Incubation school will first of all incubate the life of Christ in you. You know, we are talking about it. When, when we normally say to people, go up, I notice that some people are like, I don't want to go up. Because you don't understand the value of what is happening up there. And now we said it's now first Saturdays of the month. You come and have that transformation. And some of us, the truth is that unless you are ready to pay the price, you cannot be transformed. And the way you are through with incubation school, the next one is the father's training. The father's discipleship father's training. Where you are trained to be responsible. Did you notice that in their testimonies, that word responsible kept coming up? Did you notice that? Responsible. Because so many of us, you are not, you are not responsible for anybody, for anything. You are just all you know is about yourself. God bless me. God bless my mother. Bless my family. That's all you know. No. That's not all about the kingdom of God. He saved me to use me to save others. If he has saved you, the reason why he didn't take you to heaven the day you were saved is because he wants to use you to do what? To save others. Our sister, she said, that she's a Catholic. And she came here. And all their people were like, what are you doing there? Let me even tell you how she came for discipleship. We were doing morning crying. You know what they call morning crying? Or morning crusade. Me and uh, Chijoke, the one in UK now. We are in her streets preaching. As the word of God was oozing out. Oozing out. She said that she was hearing it. And was like, what kind of powerful preaching is this? I want to know the people that are preaching this kind of message. And then she said, she did as if she wanted to go and throw dustbin. And carry dustbin. To just see the people that are preaching. And pass. And then she heard that we are doing discipleship here every Sunday evening. 
and she said, this is what I'm looking for. She came here and, oh my God, she has been so excited, consistent because of what God is doing in her life. Let me tell you how people overtake others. Do you know what they call overtaking? Eh? Two of you, come again. Okay, one person. I just need one person. Come. Overtaking. They used to say overtaking is allowed. But look at overtaking. If this person is not moving, eh? Or he's, okay, just move forward and backward. Move forward and backward. Forward, backward. Forward, backward. Now, he is, this is what he's doing. Keep moving. Now, which one is your own? And then, me, I'm not even moving at all. But suddenly, I came into the race. Then I start moving like this. Time is going. He's still moving backward. What has happened between me and him now? Overtaking. Some of you started last year. You appeared like a moon in November. The next time the moon came up was in February. People that were consistent like as they were testifying. Look at what is happening in their life today. Look at what God is doing around their life today. Consistent. Somebody say consistency. Consistency in, in being where you are supposed to be. Let me tell you, listen carefully. You cannot eat your cake and have it. I told you that I prayed two hours in tongue with, you know, when I woke up last night, my whole body is saying, sleep. But I have to pray two hours. Do you know why I prayed two hours? I prayed two hours because I know that if I don't pray two hours, you will not be blessed this evening. Are you hearing me? When I was praying for the two hours, I was crying to God and said, God, your people are going to gather this evening. Pass through me and bless their life. I know that there is no excuse that can ever be given for such transformation to take place in your life. Let me say, see, see listen. You know, you are hearing me preach now. I'm talking. What is going to help your life is the spirit behind this word that is going out. Are you hearing me? If I never prayed and I came here to preach, when I finish preaching, you may get excited at my preaching. And then you will notice that it will not help you. But if I have prayed, I have brought God. And God is, whatever I say, God will use it to help your life. The commissioning of the faithful men. Paul said to Timothy, the things that you have heard of me, the same commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others what? Also, also, let's read the scripture, John chapter 2. Very important, powerful scripture. John chapter 2. Everybody, please just try to be there. If you don't have Bible, look at the screen. Or beg your neighbor to look at his uh, Bible. Beg. Are you in John 2? 
Look at verse 23. 23, 24, and 25. Are you there now? Okay, let's go. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover and the feast, many believed in his name. When they saw the miracles which he did, what made these people to believe in his name? They saw the miracles, bread and fish, and so many other healing and all of that that he did. Go ahead. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them. Why? Because he knew all men. Yes, 25. But Jesus did not... Uh, which one is this? And, okay. And needed not that any should testify of man. For he knew what was a man. There's a Bible they call Living Bible. Can somebody read it from Living Bible? Good news, we also read. Message Bible can also... Okay, you're holding Living Bible. Or you read it with a loud voice. Please listen. Let your voice be... Okay, let me give you a microphone. Because of the miracles he did in Jerusalem uh -huh. at Passover, at Passover celebration, yes. many people were convinced that he was indeed the Messiah. Uh -huh. But Jesus didn't trust them, for he knew mankind to the core. No one needed to tell him how changeable human nature is. Many people believed in Christ and said, Jesus, I surrender to you, I believe. I give you my life. I surrender. I surrender. Oh. <laughs> As they were just crying and uh, answering out a call. He said, I know God trusts you. It's your initial gara gara. Excitement. You know, there was a young man that came here. He came from Ababa. Somebody invited him. He came and saw the word of God. Saw and he met Brother Joshua that day. He met me. And I am sure he also met the person that invited him. You know what he was telling us? That's why I won't allow people to waste my time like that again. Say, hey, this place is the place I'm looking for. Hey, the teachings is like you are, I'm the one you are talking to. Oh, this one. I thought that somebody, a human being, is talking. I didn't know that he is wasting my time. I have learned from Jesus. Here, we don't trust people until they are consistent. That's how Jesus do. Multitude, he knows the multitude. One day, the disciples asked him, "Why are you preaching to the multitude in parable?" He said, because unto you, my disciples, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, the deep secrets. But this, this multitude, everything must be told them in parable so that they will not even have opportunity to understand since they are not serious. Since they are not serious, their, their heart is not serious. So we don't allow them to have access to kingdom secrets. I love that man called Jesus. He understood the principles of life, the principles of ministry. And for those of you that has been commissioned as discipleship fathers before now, of course, last discipleship fathers congress, it was very clear that you must show yourself, prove yourself a discipleship father. By being a pillar 
A discipleship father is a pillar. Did you see these four pillars that are here? Do you see them? Five pillars. Eh? Now, can one of the pillars say, eh, excuse me, eh, house and everybody that is on, on, on me, I want to go and ease myself. I don't think I will be available for... Would they say that? This pillar you are seeing here, they are unmovable. They are good. They will never ever shift from here. Pillars. So it's not about, you know, just uh, saying, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm this and that. No, it is time to prove yourself a faithful man. Anytime we are using man, we are not just talking about male gender. I hope you understand. When we say the commission of the faithful men, we are not talking about male gender. We have even seen that everybody is a son. As many as receive him, to them he gave power to become what? Sons. Whether you are a male or... There's nothing like discipleship daughter or discipleship mother. What we have is discipleship sons and discipleship fathers. That's what the Bible taught us. So that name is used generic. He didn't trust them. The Bible says he knew how unchangeable, how changeable human nature is. Tomorrow you will give excuses. and say, hey, I, I, wa- I wanted to come and this one happened, uh, rain fell, or the other one. No. God cannot build anything on top of such a person's life. God cannot commit anything serious. Before God will commit something serious to your life, he must have seen your consistency. Jesus did not commit himself to them. Some of us are saying, God, use me. How can God use you when you are not consistent in the training? Now, sorry, come, I want to give an example again. Don't be tired. You are, you know they are videoing you, you are appearing in video. So, be happy. Now, you see these two classmates. I want to take them as classmates. Eh? These two persons, they, are, they just finished primary school. And then they ask, I say to them, I'm taking you to secondary school. This one says, I know go go anywhere. I want to, you know, enter business. Give me money. This one, that one. And then you give him the first money for business. You go there and finish the money. You came back and say, give me money again. I give again. Do you think I'll give the third time? Mm-mm. You may give the third time, not the, my kind of person. Now, this one agreed and went to school. Then by the time he finished university or polytechnic, he read accountancy. And then, as of then, this one, what can he do? He's now frustrated. So we just find somebody, a bank manager, and say, please help me, my son. And then he just agreed and said, what can you do? What certificate does he have? He said, primary school. First schooling certificate. Okay. Security man. They carry him and put him in the gate. And he's very happy because as of that time, all kinds of things. So he's now happy that he even have somewhere to... Now, this one came back from service and began to look for a job and got a banking job in the same bank where this one is opening gates. 
Are you following me at all? Then, after two years, he bought a car. What kind of car would you like to ride? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, let's say that he bought Toyota Corolla. And then, as he's coming to work, he comes to the gate and then, pee, 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 pee. What will happen? His classmates will come to do what? And he'll be saying, I, I wish I have uh, gone to school. I, I have opportunity. I wish I have gone to school. Listen carefully. Anything you see men do, it is God that gave man wisdom. God is the first. It's not God that created human brain. Listen carefully. God cannot use you beyond the spiritual training that he has given you. If you are not trained at all, you cannot be used by God at all. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, how many years does one need to be trained before he can be a good wheelbarrow pusher? A good what? How many years? You don't want to talk. I hope you know that wheelbarrow pushing is a profession. Eh? And they are making money on daily basis. How many years of training does one need to undergo before he become a medical doctor or a lawyer? Eh? I hope you know that human beings are wheelbarrow pushers and another human being are lawyers and engineers and uh, are you getting me? What is the difference? What is the difference? Training. That's how it is also in the spiritual world. Listen carefully. What this non-denominational discipleship is correcting is this. Because all of us here, you belong to one church or the other. All of us. Now, what we are correcting, God commissioned us to correct is this. You have been a church member for 10 years and you are a member. And then after 20 years, you are a member. When you have headache after 21 years, hey, my pastor, oh, my baby is sick, my pastor. Excuse me, when will you become the pastor? Are you getting what I'm talking about? It's not just, see, it's not just uh, that somebody is ordained a pastor and you say, listen carefully. One time, about three years ago, I was invited to preach in one Anglican church at Ngo. And I went there. That was Saturday evening and Sunday morning. Now, when I finished preaching, the vicar in charge took microphone and began to talk to his people and said that when I was preaching, that he himself eh, was also blessed. Not just that he was blessed. When I made altar call, that he also answered altar call. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So, there is a training. I didn't go to Bible school. Oh. I didn't go to theological school. 
but there is a, a way you will be trained to take your, that's what we call, some of us are not taking it serious. We talk about it daily morning encounter. Huh. And you will see yourself growing and developing. Growth takes time and consistency. What did I say growth takes? Time and consistency. You have to be serious. Life is serious. Let's stop playing with our spiritual life. When it comes to physical and things that will give you money. Which other town is speaking that language? Bakelian. Uh-huh. You'll be running around. Running around. But when it comes to the things that concerns your spirit man, your real person, you seem to be unserious. What is our own discipleship requirement? It's not even like Jesus' own. Jesus' own is that you have to live with him. Let's read it in the Bible. You can go back. Mark chapter 3. Maybe we are going to conclude from there. Mark chapter 3. Are you in Mark 3? Now, look at verse... Let me start from verse 8. Okay, from verse 7. But Jesus withdrew himself with his disciples to the sea. And what happened? A great multitude from Galilee followed him. And from Edomia, no, from Judea, and from Jerusalem, and from Edomia, and from beyond Jordan. Now, I want you to look at those five, uh, those five things that you saw there are the five states of Israel. Israel have five states as of then. Nigeria have 36 now, plus FCT, so 37. The first state of Israel there is what? Galilee state, just like Enugu state. The second state is what? Judea state. Third state is FCT, which is what? Jerusalem. Fourth state is what? Idumia. What about the other one? Beyond Jordan. I think there's another one they call Decapolis. And then those of them are about Tyre and Zidon. A great... So it's a national following. Great multitude. Why are they following him? When they heard what great things he was what doing, they came to collect their own portion too. And he spoke to his disciples that a small sheep should wait on him because of the multitude, lest they should throng him. Verse 10. For he has healed many in so much that they press upon him for to touch him, as many as had plagues. And unclean spirit, when they saw him, fell down before him, cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. And he straightly charged them that they should not make him known. Before I read verse 13, please listen. The multitudes are following to capture something that they need from him. Once they get their own, they say, Have you collected your own? Me, I've collected my own. You will, you will leave. But there are disciples. You are either a multitude or you are what? A disciple. Someone who is following the footsteps of Jesus. 
learning from him in order to become like him. Paul said to the Corinthians, follow me as I follow Christ. And then verse 13, he goeth up into a mountain and calleth unto him whom he would. And they came unto him and he ordained what? Twelve. That they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. He ordained twelve that they should what? Be with him. Listen carefully. These 12 men are now with Jesus anywhere he's going. Most of them, in fact, all of them are working before then. They resigned. Peter was a fisherman. Do you remember? Andrew, James, and John. What happened to their business? Eh? They ended it. Matthew was a civil servant that was in the civil service office. What did he do to his civil service? He resigned. Not to enter into full-time ministry, as some people used to talk about, but to enter into full-time discipleship. Somebody say full-time discipleship. The one we are doing here is what we call part-time. Even that part-time self, I don't even know whether to call it part-time. Eh? And in that part-time, some people are still not serious. They will come this Sunday, next Sunday, they will go for um, village meeting. Their village meeting in Enugu. You are not getting what I'm saying. Are you getting what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Next other one, they will go for their local government. Um, you know, listen, I'm not against your village meeting. No. What I'm saying is that, why is it that the world has looked at Monday to Saturday? They didn't find any other time to do meeting, to do uh, party, to do this. They just go for their businesses and all of that. On the day of the Lord, is it because we are in grace? When we, they, they are under the law, who dare you? They stoned someone to death because he was picking stick on Sabbath day. Do you know that the purpose of God for Sabbath has not ended? God wanted man to rest. He wanted man to what? Rest. When you go and that rest, you will not rest. And that rest is not just a resting and sleeping and watching film. No. Rest in his presence. That's why you, you, you spend the Sabbath in the presence of God. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Man was created on the sixth day. So the first day man experienced in his life was what? The seventh day. Are you getting what I'm saying? Man was created on which day? On the sixth day. The next day that man saw, the first day he saw on earth is what? The seventh day. Which is the day that God is what? Resting. So, that day God said, I have finished my work. I created you to take dominion over that. So, let's discuss. Let's, let's discuss. Communion is resting in the presence of God. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. Strong encouragement. Use Sunday to, 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 to seek God. Give God your Sunday. That is what a Christian means. 
Muslims, they don't joke with their Fridays. But Christians, Jesus picked these 12 people. He said, let me give you people training. And look at the training they received. Remember that Peter was married. Are you remembering? And he has a child. Because the Bible told us that when Jesus visited Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law where? In his house. Showing that the woman came for Omugwa. You remember Omugwa? But Peter left a newborn baby. Left mother-in-law. Left wife and was following who? Jesus. What was the result of that training? What was the result? Eh? You see, Peter, did Peter raise the dead? Eh? Not once. So. Did Peter's shadow cast demons out? Heal the sick? Sincerely speaking, I want to ask, how many of you, be honest, we like to come to a point where you are shadow. We'll be casting demons out. You don't need to just, just healing the sick. When they say that somebody has a cancer, you just say, please, uh, be on the side of my shadow. Let me just walk. How many of us like that kind of thing? When they tell a poor man the price of becoming a rich man, you will say, this one I will come this Sunday. Next Sunday, I will miss. That one, make I remain like that. There is something I don't want these people to be talking about. They say, it's not, it's not really easy. Excuse me. Haven't you heard that good things doesn't come easy? Haven't you heard it? Do you think that... Okay, what do you think that make you to sit down now and you are listening to me? Did I beg you to come? Is this a church? Are you getting what I'm talking about? What is it? Some of us left Ibaguanike. There is someone coming from Emene. There are people coming from Akebugu. They are here. People coming from Aba and Esut. People coming from Ibaguanike. Independence layouts. Gariki, Maryland. Who deciding? Where else? Our sister says she's coming from Oka every Sunday. Oka. Why? There is a training that I received. In the days of my discipleship, years back, when I was, there was a time, I, I used to tell it to, to people. Every month then, I will travel from Oka to Enugu, and I will sit down, and I will be learning under this sister. She will be teaching and guiding. That one is even additional to the one that I collected from my disciple. Tell your neighbor, there is price for heights. A time should come in your life when you should stand as a woman of God in your house and handle situations. Bind the devil and the devil will remain bound. Shut his mouth. Take your destiny in your hand and experience God. Be consistent. Faithful men are consistent. These 10 people that are here, or 9 of them, they didn't start with this number. I hope you know. 
Some of the people that started with them are here now. You know, envying them, looking at them in a beautiful color. Why didn't they finish with them? Inconsistency. Unseriousness. Lift up your right hand and say, Lord, help me. I want to be serious with my training. Make me a practical instrument for you. You know that song? When we start singing it, somebody say, Lord, make me. Uh-uh. It's not just in singing. When you finish singing, you take the training serious so that he will make you. Have you seen students that are not serious with going to lecture, going to classes, or attending school, and they become anything serious? Have you seen apprentices that they, they don't go to work, or they go late to work, and they come out serious uh, person from that apprenticeship? Have you seen it before? So why do you think that in God's own training, that you will be inconsistent, you will be unserious, you will be, you know, just casual about it, and something will come out of your life? Please, don't think like that. God is watching, and he knows what he's making out of your life. Amen. I want us to pray. Let's rise. Thank you for listening. We trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website www.calvaryonline.org For testimonies, counseling and prayers you can send an email to calvaryrevivalabels at gmail.com or call 080-6560-7999 You could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Calvary Revival Labels. <laughs>